So I am here with Yolanda and Shaman Harper of harpertherapy.com to hear about their journey of growing a group practice. Thank you guys for being here. Thanks for having us. So why did you guys decide to grow a group practice together? You guys both have the same last name and happen to be married. Um, for a long time. Yeah, we marginally spend time together. (laughs) (laughs) So whatever. Yeah. So it was, um, I had, I had done solo private practice for a period of time and just over, over time as I kind of sensed that, um, the practice would be growing, um, you know, we would bounce things. I would bounce things off of shaman. We talked through things. Um, and really, you know, this round of private practice, because this is my second go around in private practice. Um, as I was entering it, Shaman said, look, things need to be different this time. <laughs> Mostly there needs to be some more boundaries around, you know, the time that you're spending at the office and um, yeah, just like what that looks like financially. So, yeah. I mean, it's, I think so many people start a private practice and they try to run it from their cell phone and but the problem with that is, is if you don't kind of have some boundaries, it can kind of like leak into every bit of your life, right? I mean, next thing you know, you're spending nights and weekends and all this stuff answering questions and responding to people. And, and you're doing it all with the right, the right concept, right? I'm trying to build my business and my name and my brand. And, um, <clears throat> but I, I think probably the best thing we can do for ourselves is formalize that. a little bit like create a little bit of boundary and build that in and it's it's okay for you to have boundaries you know um so we kind of did it the rough way at first where we did it from a cell phone and and yolanda was kind of solo practitioner at that point and we would always talk through where we wanted to go with our business and what what was going on and then i think when we decided to go back into that we just kind of said well let's figure out a way it can it can look a little different and i don't know if like was group practice like initially part of that no, conversation? No, it really wasn't. Um, it was something that I personally grew into. So I had taken on an intern and realized, you know, for many of us in private practice as solo practitioners, you just miss that community. Right. And I realized how much I enjoyed that and, and how nice it would be to build a space where, you know, like-minded colleagues, we could come together and encourage each other and do it from a framework of collaboration and mutual respect. Um, And so as I realized that kind of expanding was part of it, I knew I wasn't going to be able to do that on my own. And that's where, you know, us kind of joining heads a little bit more in boot camp really. I was going to say, I think boot camp was really the big piece. And that's where we started working together more. Once I I joined boot camp and then, you know, we started talking through the different concepts and stuff. Right. We'd go out to coffee shops and fill out boot camp workshop, you know, yeah. worksheets together and talk through things. And then that really kind of made us think about, well, what really do we want this to look like? Yeah. And really, the biggest thing was, what does a perfect day look like to you? That One was the, a huge... Probably the biggest exercise, you know, that to this day that still kind of drives us. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like, I think my first foray into the whole boot camp stuff. But mm-hmm. that perfect day thing is something we still do all the time. Mm-hmm. And it drives kind of our decision-making as far as where do we go with this? Mm-hmm. And uh, part of that perfect day stuff eventually grew to 
well, we have a multiple people working with us and we have, we create this great collaborative team and it's an environment that's healthy and has boundaries. And so without that perfect day exercise, I don't know that we would be here. Yeah. I really say, I think that's probably the case without that. We probably would not have done any of this. Mm. And when you say done any of this, you mean grow to the level that you have, be working together on a daily basis? Like, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it was working through that exercise that helped us to realize how much we did enjoy doing this together um, and how much we did want to create that space for our colleagues and just really i mean along with that kind of boot camp concept of like changing the structure and the system in in our little part of the world um and that's been really cool yeah it's always, like we're making a difference in the profession it you know i think we shrug it off like when we hire someone new or bring someone onto our team um and we tell them no we, we try to do things really different around here and, and i think everybody hears that all the time and they're like oh okay but then i think after they hear a little bit they're like wow you guys really no, do things different it's really <laughs> so i think it is good you know I, i'd like to say hopefully we're a positive influence on the I hope so you know on the industry around us locally you know yeah i mean what are the things that you notice in your group practice as people come in and they actually start working for you besides them just saying like oh this is different what are the like tangible pieces that that you see shift the culture in your group practice based on how you've done private practice i think a primary um primary component is our decision to hire as w2 employees right which is very countercultural um, in the state of Florida and in the Tampa Bay area. I don't know how many times we've had mm -hmm. to actually explain that to yeah. potential candidates, what a W-2 is, because everybody's so used to 1099 work, right? Mm -hmm. They're like, what do, you, what do you mean? What does that mean? What does that look like? And we're like, well, it means all these things. And mm -hmm. it's, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think a, a few of them actually at first are kind of like shocked by the idea. Yeah. And I would say the, mm -hmm. um, just the thoughtful approach as far as our policies and procedures and the way that we engage our community and engage um, prospective clients and engage new clients and um, doing so from, again, uh, respect is a core value for us. So a place of re mutual respect for not just our cl clients and their needs and their hope, growth and healing, but also respecting our, our clinicians. Right. Yeah you know these policies are in place because we care about you and we want you um to enjoy working here and not get burned out and all of those things yeah it kind of blows most of our clinicians minds when we just tell them we want you to focus on doing what you do best and and continuing to develop and grow that the clinical yeah and and i don't want you to worry about anything else we'll, mm -hmm. we'll figure all that out you know so i, I think it tends to I, I, we always hear, well, that would be so nice, you know, mm -hmm. when we're interviewing someone or talking to someone. Mm -hmm. um, and we try to stay to that, right? Yeah. I mean, we try to keep it to where they can really focus on being the best they can be. Yeah. And can figure out a way to support them no matter what that looks like, you know, whether it's training or, you know, helping with case consultation or whatever yeah. that is. And we have a real collaborative environment anyway. You know, yeah. we as a group will talk through a lot of cases and struggles and best ways to do it. And, and I think that includes a lot of the right people on your team. I, yeah, and I love that. I was just talking with our newest hire today about how I love to hear that that they do, they touch base with one another in right. between sessions. And, you know, we were just talking about the, 
the humor um, that is part of our team. And I think one of the biggest things that, that our clinicians notice is when we're talking to them about their schedule and what they want their schedule to be, like we hold firm. If, if you are going to open up a Friday afternoon in your schedule, just because you're trying to attract people, but it doesn't work for you. We don't want that for you. Yeah. I think that kind of blows some of our clinicians minds that I I tell them all the time. We're not going to chase the client. You know, we're going to do the best thing for us and them, but you know, this is the availability and this is what we're going to work in. And you don't need to work up Saturday afternoon to chase a client. If that does, if that doesn't work for you and your schedule. Right. I mean, if that's what you need to do and can only do and can commit to that, that's a whole different thing. But you know, we're, we're not, we're not, fostering an environment here that's chasing anybody you know we feel like we bring a a quality to what we do and and people come to that Mm. Um, and they're transformed by it yes that's the cool piece Uh, when we have our team meetings and we talk through case consultations and we share some of our some of the clinical wins it's just so it's a little emotional about it it's Mm. That's part of the group dynamic too, that, you know, realization that um, we can impact our community in so many different ways by building a team. And as we build the team, we're able to offer more, you know, philanthropic components of the business and and do more work in that avenue. So it's just, it's very humbling. But I I think an important aspect of that is including your team and what the vision and the goals are. Yeah. You know? we're very clear with this is the direction we're going and everybody's kind of like, Oh, I see where you're going. How can I help it? Rather than this obscure thing that they don't know anything about. If you include them in that process and you include them in, in what we're doing, they kind of buy in and Mm -hmm. and really buy in if you're going to do anything of like really good quality, I think. Well, and I think too, you guys had that perfect day and that very clear vision that you keep coming back to and so when you have something that's really like beautiful, that it's, it's easy for people to go, yes, I want that. Like, and you're, you know, you're really coming from a place of both having a heart for people and having a heart for people's transformation and change. Tell us about like what the makeup is of your practices right now in this moment. We're in um, November of 2019. That takes, that's ridiculous. I'm like, what month are we? We're in November of 2019. How many clinicians? <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) we just hired our third clinician and um not including you not including me so uh three additional clinicians and they are each kind of working towards you know like we just hired our newest one less than a month ago yeah and um you know we're building everyone to that full time which for us is 20 20 clinical hours a week um so yeah, we're uh, and then we have um, a full-time administrative assistant. Uh, we call him our client care coordinator. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're a cash pay practice, and that was yeah, part of transitioning mm-hmm. from solo practice to um, this team that we're building. I just recognized that to do the quality of work that is important for me that we do, it wasn't sustainable. Um, you know, for us under the insurance model. Um, So, you know, that was a big hurdle, but recognizing, oh yeah, you can build a sustainable practice solo without accepting insurance. And then, you know, expanding to a bigger office suite as opposed to just a one room office. That was another step of like, oh yeah, this is a doable thing. 
And then as we've added each clinician, it's every time I'm like, uh, right. <laughs> is this going to still hold? And each time it still holds. So well, and we're hiring our next clinician. We're already starting to shift focus to think about, okay, the next person is probably in the be, next couple of months. You know, so yeah. I don't know how but much it, bigger we'll grow than that in the immediate, but we'll see. But it, it, I, I think it really speaks to all of that came after the framework framework of boot camp right. like everything that is in boot camp like all of this these steps came from just taking that next little piece and mm -hmm. saying let me focus on this piece let me let me you know focus on the marketing piece let me focus on the building connections in my community piece let me focus on you know um as i'm thinking about hiring what and i love the way that you and Kelly are always talking about highest and best. And that has been really transformational for me too. And now as I have conversations with community connections and, and those kinds of things, I'm really solid about, you know what, this is the way that we do it because it's our highest and best. Right. When we talk to <laughs> potential clients and we say, look, um, we're asking you to commit to weekly sessions because that's what we know to, that will give you the, the greatest outcome and that's our highest and best and we're not willing to compromise on that if if that's not something that works for you that's fine we'll find a great referral for you mm -hmm. right for, and, I, and i think that's a big part of it too is not being scared to tell people that we're not a good fit yeah for you we, we can work hard to help you find a place where you should be now yeah but um being willing to to do that i think is important yeah um, knowing kind of where you fit and focusing on that and but that's, I mean, <clears throat> along the way, each of those components that we got from boot camp, starting with right. the perfect day, and then working through all of those, he loved the worksheets. I'm like, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah. we got something for everybody, right? The people who just want to watch the videos and like, that's enough. They conceptualize it in journal. And then people are like, oh, there's a worksheet with step-by-step -step questions. They're written down for me. I want to fill out my form. I think one of the coolest things for me personally was was being able to model what the business would look like on the group practice worksheet. Yeah, you know, um, <clears throat> so I would take that and kind of say, "Hey, if we were averaging here and we had this many people and this is what was going on, this is what the numbers would look like." And I think that helped totally help well a lot of the fear, the dream, right? Because you're like you you go from something that's so intangible and something I can't. What does that look like? You know, to well modeled out it looks just like this yeah and and that know, goes back to run your numbers right <laughs> you know yeah for those of you who are listening and going what are they talking about there is this um crazy excel spreadsheet that whether you're individual or moving into group practice it takes all of your numbers and all of your dreams and basically translates that into what would this look like in real life and what would you really be taking home right. um, one of the things I think is, is really interesting is um, there, there is like a resurgence of like really big group practices right now, which I think is fantastic. But there's also a lot of group practices that are really large and they're saying, well, I'm, I'm looking at bankruptcy or like I'm still not making any money. Like what's going on here? Can you talk a little bit about what that's been like for you guys to be able to create something actually viable? And let me tell you, that has been like being 
member of probably too many Facebook groups where I see that. I'm like, oh my God, what are we doing? <laughs> right. I think it's going to fall apart. There's always that fear. Mm -hmm. But if, if you're measured in the way you grow, right, and you're focused in the way you grow, and you're kind of always looking ahead and using tools like a spreadsheet, um, it, it kind of really helps you level set what your expectations should be. Because by that point, you, you know how many clients it's going to take. You know what you, you can potentially scale to and what your limitations are, right? Mm -hmm. And if, I think so many people try to grow without vision, you know, without like doing the numbers and doing the work and doing the research to see if where you're going is viable. They just keep accepting more and more and more and growing and they don't really put a lot of forethought in, well, no, it's not the best time to hire someone now, but in four months is the perfect time based off how we're trending because we're tracking all of that, right? Yeah, and I think the detail in the spreadsheet is super helpful because um, that has allowed us to think through, like what, what do we need to be saving for retirement and for right. sick time and for time off and, and all of those components. And as we're hiring people, what do we need to think about in the fee that we charge clients and also what we're reimbursing our clinicians right. and their benefits that we are wanting to offer. Um, and, and all of that is wrapped up into that. So as much as I am not as loving of the numbers. <laughs> he tells me to run the numbers for him. And then he tells me, and I'm like, ah, that's why we're a good team. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, amazing that that anytime I have that that doubt kind of nudging in the back of my mind I'm which like, is no. always there it's, I mean, it's you know I don't care who you are you're always like second-guessing yourself are we doing the right thing can we do this is this the right move but then you look at the numbers in black and white and say okay so this right. is you know this is this is solid information to act or to no, I mean it gives you something that's more tangible you're mm -hmm. like oh I can actually see the path yeah you know and I think being able to see it, just then you just step through it, right? Mm -hmm. And being able to do all that work up front and understanding where it's going and, and with, with the vision of this is what we want it to eventually look like, um, then it's just following through the motions and, and, mm -hmm. and really making sure that you're, you're as automated as you can be and you're doing as good of quality as you can do. And, you know, it, the, the rest of it is just walking through that path. You just got to keep making sure we're as tight as we can be and where everything's good. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not, we're not stepping beyond what we can do. Mm -hmm. um, and then it's amazing how it just opens up as you keep walking through it. Mm -hmm. And listening to the story, I, I, and I don't actually know or remember the answer to this. When you decided to join boot camp, was it with the vision of growing a group practice or what was the reason that you joined boot camp initially? Actually, I think I was just on the entry point of taking that into consideration. Mm. A lot of kind of pieces happened at once for me when I was, when I was a solo practitioner. Um, I had, you know, this intern, I was thinking, hey, is this something that I want to entertain? I knew that I needed to come off the insurance panels. I, I wasn't sure what that was going to look like. Um, and I knew that I needed some additional structure just business-wise. I think, you know, it's just recognizing like I'm good. I'm a fantastic clinician and I need some support with the business stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and so 
I, at that time I was just doing like listening to all the podcasts and it was just information overload. And I got right. to the point where I was like, I need to find one thing and like stick with the one thing and heard, you know, yours and Kelly's voices kind of above the fray that I felt like I most resonated with. Um, and you know, what I was hearing from you guys. And basically what that was, was um, not so much about the hustle. Right. Like do it in a way that is- That has boundaries. That has boundaries <laughs> that is respectful of myself. Cause I think you can eat yourself alive. I did, I mean, you know, for a period of time that was the case. And then having all that burden on yourself to run a, a solo practice. Mm -hmm. I mean, it sounds weird because you, you still have burden on you to mm -hmm. make your business work for all your employees. But I think the focus shifts, mm -hmm. you know. But yeah, I, all of that was like kind of coalescing at the same time. Mm -hmm. I think initially it was more of a, how can we do the best we can do? So let's, let's look at boot camp. And then as we kept walking through boot camp, I think we were playing with the idea of like internships at mm -hmm. with the local college and, mm -hmm. you know, and then that with the eventual thought of, well, you know, if we help develop someone, maybe we can hire someone. Mm -hmm. um, and then that, I just kept, it kept shifting. Mm -hmm. It just kind of grew mm -hmm. and expanded right. from there. But I think the initial was, you know, I need some support with um, the business stuff and I'm willing to invest in myself clinically. I need to look at investing in this side of things too. Mm -hmm. And without a doubt, it, it has been, I, I call it like the MBA for your private practice. <laughs> yeah. It is. It is. It's all There's a lot of good information in bootcamp. And, yeah. you know, it's always funny because you see people like, well, it used to be the Facebook groups and now it's the other stuff, right? But people throw out, where can I find this? And you're like, it's in the paperwork, you know? <laughs> <laughs> It's in boot camp. I need information about phones. Did you check out the phones lesson? I need information about Siri. Did you check it out? You're reaching out to me all the time. You know, hey, would you, can I buy you a cup of coffee and find out more about your business? Right, and I'm like, a loaded question. actually, you can just sign up for boot camp. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that's all the information I have. <laughs> That's awesome. What advice do you have for other people that were where you guys were at um, in private practice, kind of at that like struggle, something's got to shift change mode. What's the best piece of advice and not just like join boot camp, but like what's, what's the, I know that's your advice, but like, what's the best piece of advice you could give to those people who were where you were at? I go back to that perfect day exercise. Like, what do you really want your life to look like? And then let that drive all the rest of the decisions. And it's, it's just, <clears throat> even in our personal lives and in our relationship that has shifted. I mean, just that concept in and of itself hasn't only shifted the business aspect of things, but just, you know, after asking ourselves that question, we have moved to a new house. We've taken different trips, you know, we've, right. it's just, you know, we've deepened our relationship together, our relationship with our kids. Right. So I, that's the starting point as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I, I think <clears throat> ducktailing on it, 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 the, the um, perfect day is where it starts. And then, then it's a constant process of being very clear about what your vision is. You know, I do the, the perfect same day. Thing. I'm saying the same thing, but. I do that exercise I, at least quarterly. And that changes, right? Like you're, it, it, it always kind of is, is kind of moving in a direction, but it refines over time, you know? Mm -hmm. We're so important maybe become less important as you achieve that or get close to it. You're like, ah, it's not really so much my perfect day anymore. 
but I'm going to pivot a little bit and, and add this now and move that. And, um, and I think that's okay. I think the, the important thing is that you're just very clear about where you're going. And I use it with my clients too. Yeah. It's magical, right? <laughs> it is. It's good. But I think that informs every bit of, you know, how can you make this work? Yeah. Um, it gets, it, it helps me to get outside of my box. Right. Of things, the way that I see things and the way that I've been doing things and say, you know, there are other options and there are ways that you can pivot. And that's a big skill that I think that I have grown into through this journey, through this process, mm -hmm. something that I've learned from, from you guys too. Well, like we have the ability to pivot. And it's funny because even sometimes when you're like, the more outside the box, that perfect idea, mm -hmm. that perfect day concept, you're like, oh, I want to do this. Mm -hmm. And the more ridiculous it sounds, like the more informing it is to how you move mm -hmm. forward in your business. It's really weird. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, I don't know. I don't have any good examples that are appropriate, but. <laughs> <laughs> business. <laughs> right, right. Like, hey, let's go do this now. Let's go, let's go um, start focusing on couples work and mm -hmm. retreats and, you know, um, which was never something we would have considered had we really not started keep coming back to what our perfect day looks like. It is just absolutely magical. And I think the last question I'll ask you guys, cause I know it's, it's always hard when your business is at a place where it's kind of overtaking your life and like finances can be really tight. Um, how did you guys make room for making that business investment and making that happen in terms of enrolling in boot camp? I, well, just personally, um, I, I, well, I was fortunate before we moved into our existing space, I wasn't paying rent. I had the I, a great opportunity to be in a space where I wasn't paying rent. So I had some say, I had money set aside. Right. I was going to say, and that's always helpful. We were able to save up a little bit of money first and that helped a lot. But that um, speaks to having, you know, a savings account to be able to invest in your business and training. Right. And that's something we keep I mean, to this day. We make sure we've got, we're not spending every dime we bring in, but we've got money set aside because we're always coming up with new ideas mm -hmm. um, that we want to try to implement. And I, trying to do those through debt isn't necessarily our focus. You know, um, we've always tried to make sure it might not happen as quickly as you want because you've got to decide. Um, but being able to say, this is the goal, this is what it looks like, and this is the vision. And I know when I get here with this much money set aside in a pot, I can go enact that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a powerful thing taking, taking real control of our financial. Right. Sector. And being like grownups about money. Oh, you know? a, we're, uh, in the boot camp, that's all about that, right? You're, it's your personal finances, it's your business finances. And that was so uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, but it was so challenging at the same mm -hmm. time. Listing all that out and going, oh my God, we're absolute financial mess, you know? And then kind of reeling that in and going, okay, well, well if, if I have these ideas for our perfect days, mm -hmm. you know, we have these ideas and our finances are a mess, then what's got to change to get there? Mm -hmm. and, and we had to start with our finances, mm -hmm. you know, and that was uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. and, and that was more on the personal side. Of it things. was all personal at that point, you know, I mean, that really didn't, wasn't even that much about the business. That was, but it, it, it still informed every bit of what we do in business. So. Mm -hmm. 
Well, and our, you know, perfect day exercise and all of the nuts and bolts worksheets of getting into that Excel spreadsheet is like, what is the money that you need for your perfect day? Like we have to calculate that and really look at those pieces. And so people are surprised sometimes that they get into boot camp and realize my first thing is I have to do YNAB and do you need a budget and I need to get clear about what I'm actually spending. So I know what I need to be bringing home. And so many people don't know what they're spending. Yeah. yeah. Right. And that's, that's, you can't make one decision without knowing where you're at. Financially. Yeah. Or don't set fees based on that information. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they go to, and I'm always, uh, you know, in community groups or when people, when local therapists ask, I'm like, why are you looking to the left and right? You need to run your numbers to see what you need to bring in. Right. Set your fee based on that. So. <sighs> Oh my gosh. Thank you guys so much for carving some time out is so appreciated. Go and check out harpertherapy.com. This lovely couple also has couples retreats. If you and your um, therapist spouse want to, or you and your spouse want to go and really dig into your perfect day as a couple and create more of that connection, check them out. Um, Thank you. Thank you guys so much.